0: Moines. now today's biggest stories from the bmw of des moines sports desk this is an x's and o's update on des moines sports station 1460 kxno
1: and i'm trent condon A big recruiting weekend for Iowa football ends in two commitments. Minnesota defensive end Yaya Black is verbally committed to the Hawkeyes over offers from Minnesota and Kansas State. Then on Sunday, three-star wide receiver Quavon Matthews makes his verbal pledge to Iowa. Matthews is coached by former Hawkeye Marcus Pascal and picked the Hawks over offers from North Carolina and Southern Miss. At the 2019 U.S. Open, Gary Woodland walked to the final green with three putts needed to win it. He needed just one.
2: champion Gary Woodland has won the U.S.
1: Open. The call from Fox as Woodland holds off Brooks Kepka, denying him his third straight U.S. Open title. Tiger Woods finished in 21st place while Iwin Zach Johnson finished 58th. Cubs free agent acquisition Craig Kimbrell will be joining the Iowa Cubs. He's scheduled to make his first game action tomorrow in Sacramento for the I-Cubs. To MLB the Cardinals back in the win column as Paul DeYoung gives the cards the lead and a young
3: with a fly ball out to left it's at the wall he's done it
1: again fox sports midwest with the call Four three cardinals victory cardinals back at home tonight as they welcome in the marlins royals over the twins eight six and a big day for martin maldonado
2: and now maldonado lines one to left and rosario took a bad route and the Royals are going to get another run.
1: Call from Fox Sports, Kansas City. Maldonado, three hits in the game. And wore a beautiful Father's Day tie behind the plate. In San Francisco, the Brewers hold off the Giants 5-3. And a
2: six-out save for Josh Hader. Delano, the pinch hitter on the first pitch. A little pop-up. He jammed him. Easy as it gets. And Thames squeezes it for the out. And the Brewers win. The call
1: from Fox Sports, Wisconsin. Stay up date on KXNO.com. And all day right here on 1460 KXNO.
0: Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460
2: KXNO. Hi Millery Condon back with you on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you here until noon, Murph and Andy. I believe Andy's back today.
1: Yes, back from his
2: fishing trip. In Ontario. Um, I'm the odd man out here, I think, oh, as it pertains Trent. to fishing trips. It is, and June's the month to go. June's the yeah. best month best month by far, uh, especially if you're after walleye. Um, just look, July's good. You're going to catch fish, but you're going to catch a pile of fish in the month month of June.
1: That water looked a little chilly he jumped into after the Blues Championship. Oh, did
2: he jump into the water? He did. What is he?
1: Yeah.
2: Well, look, I guess I don't know what it's like. I have no idea how I'm going to react uh, a year from now.
1: We got the Toronto Championship Parade happening right now. Let's say your Winnipeg Jets win it all. Mm -hmm. You're going to the parade?
2: No. No. No, I want to go to games. Well, the final game. No, I don't think I'd do the parade. No. Nah, I'm not a big parade guy. (laughs) Not your thing? No, I don't think
1: <laughs> Get so. Get some Tootsie
2: Rolls? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Do they so. throw out candy yeah, at a championship remember, parade? When, I've never been to one. I don't know. Hey, when would you have been to one? No. I don't know the answer to that. 91
1: well, would have been the last time for one of my teams with true. the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. That is 28 years in the rearview well, mirror. Well,
2: maybe they Well, Did you see Madison Baumgartner's on the uh, rumored yes. list that uh, the Twins might be one of his pursuers? Martin Perez struggled again. Saw that. You know.
1: Had... Uh, he was kind of nickled and dimed it mm-hmm. wasn't that he was hit hard or anything like that but he is he's Martin Perez mm-hmm. it was a fun month where he was pitching really well but kind of the guy that he's always been yeah
2: he is the what was the name of that show though you are the weakest link yeah he is clearly the weakest link um you know we both the uh, Phil Steele came in this and we've been talking about it it's it's uh, it's such a great preseason publication so a couple of things that jumped out to me is i've never seen more guys from iowa state (laughs) named to the first team in his all big 12 It's remarkable it Mm -hmm. really is they're going to be really good on defense eyesworth wasn't one of those guys and i think he's fantastic i'm right there with you yeah i mean i mean lima same way spears is great too i mean uh, you certainly can't knock uh those guys being part of it jaquan bailey's going to have you would think a terrific senior season mike rose isn't on it yet but he will be before his career comes to an end Brock Purdy, uh, is. there are four quarterbacks in the Big 12 that are better than Brock Purdy. And you know what? I'm not sure I can argue. Really? Maybe, I mean, certainly the, the the first two are are no-brainers, right? Hurts Hertz is going to be on that list. Uh, Ellinger, to me, is a Heisman candidate. Uh, Brewer at Baylor is a great player. I really like Brewer. Yep. He Bowman? Would be, he would
1: be third on my list.
2: Ahead of Bowman? Ahead of Bowman. Would Purdy be ahead of Bowman? I think so. Yeah. I would that would be the there.
1: one. Yeah. But Bowman's a as good high. player. Yeah, and, and admittedly, towards the end of the season, I didn't see a ton yeah, of him. Really? Why would you? Right. I wasn't watching, I'm breaking down three and a half hours to watch mm-hmm. Texas Tech as they're limping to the finish again on another season. But yeah, I'll have to be swayed a little bit more. And uh, yeah, he'd be fourth on my list, though. I'd, I'd put Purdy ahead of him. Bowman would be fifth and uh, third. I really like Brewer. I think he's,
2: how big is he? I don't think he's 6'2", I want to say. Yeah. I mean, he's by... not thick by any means. No, I don't think so. Let me see if I can find it real quick here. Probably
1: listed, I would guess, at, I don't know, 215, something like that. They are picked fifth. Brewer
2: is six one two 210. 210, okay. Um, Iowa State's picked fourth behind <laughs> TCU. Of course, at the top, no surprise, Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, they're one and one. Did you see that? He's yeah. got them both as uh, co- co-ones. In the uh, in, oh, in the yes. Big Twelve, but Oklahoma
1: gets the tiebreaker because they won the head to head. I'm going to guess. Is that what he is that he's Well, got he's them got there? them listed first, so I'm going to guess. Yeah, he's that's...
2: got a one beside Texas too. Obviously, that's going to de- that's going to determine it, right? Same record, though. I'm going to guess he had them with
1: the same record, but mm. Oklahoma listed first. There you go, because they get the tiebreaker and they go. But it won't matter because
2: they both play in the championship game. If that can't came to fruition, they they would. Uh, now, conversely, the Big Ten, Iowa only he only names one Hawkeye to the first team. That's not, uh, that's not true. Two special teamer, Smith marset Okay. Is, is his kick returner. Of course, Epinesa, who deserves a spot uh, on the defensive line, defensive end, uh, made the first team. But he's got, I will pick second in the West. Boy, Nebraska's everybody's pick, aren't they? They are,
1: yes. They're, a lot of people are going that too route. Too
2: fast? That defense was hideous. Yes, they were. You expect they're going to get better, but how much better? Well, I had a lot of close losses last year. They did, and if they step up at all defensively, those maybe a couple of those, or they have to be more than a couple of them if they're going to win that, uh, win the division.
1: It was probably the greatest four and eight season of all time,
2: though. <laughs> it was pretty good they got a great quarterback.
1: I love Taylor Martinez. You, you have Adrian. to respect Oh yeah, 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 not Taylor. You liked him, too. Well, yeah, he was, he was throwing arm punts at Iowa all the time. Mm-hmm. He, he was great mm-hmm. in those games. Now, Adrian Martinez, the way that that offense can run. Here is my, not just the defense, but the other thing. Is Martinez going to be able to withstand, in this style of offense, another full season? Are you, Do you feel confident that he is out there for 12 games? Mm. Now, I thought the same thing
2: year. with RG3. Good point. Watching him, he got to see him in person. It finally, happened right. I, 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 when I saw him at Big Twelve Media Days, Peralt and I were down there back to back years, and he was there. Was he there both of the years or one? One of them for sure. I thought, oh my god, this guy's going to get killed. Yeah, he was 165 pounds soaking wet. Um, yeah, that's the question with Martinez Trent. That's that's a fair that's a fair question. Is he going to be able to withstand the punishment? Last year he couldn't, but he was a freshman. Crossovers this year for Nebraska.
1: They get, well, non-conference or road game at Colorado, which Mm -hmm. will be Not easy. But you get Ohio State. Colorado's going to be better, by the way.
2: Colorado's going to be, I think they're a bowl team this year.
1: Bowl team. Yep. I think so, yeah. Kind of had that step back, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you. Ohio State's a crossover. They get them, though, at home. Yep. Indiana,
2: yeah, that's good. Right. And at Maryland.
1: Not overly difficult. I like
2: that. Yeah. And they played Ohio State incredibly close last year in the shoe.
1: Yes, they did. Much easier, the crossovers, compared to Wisconsin and Iowa.
2: Uh
1: Iowa's, as we know, at Michigan. That's not good. Nope. Rutgers early on. Okay, you're fine with that. And Penn State, the other one. So you get two of the heavy heads there with Michigan and Penn State. Did
2: you read the Rutgers preview at the Athletic, by the way, this weekend? No, I didn't. I I read it. Their defense, uh, the freshman quarterback was awful last year. He's going to be better. Linebackers are a strength, and they like the offensive line. So... Getting better, perhaps. Maybe. A bit. Look, Chris Ash doesn't, if he doesn't win, last year they won one. This is year four or five for him, right? Year 5 mm-hmm. Got to do it now. Yeah, they have to. He has to significant At least get
1: to five wins. Even if you're not bull eligible, you right. get to
2: five. Be on the cusp. Yes. But I, yeah, they'll, they'll, I was. I will win that game. I'm not saying yeah. that Rex is going to beat him by any means, but uh, but that's, uh, that's kind of a... Uh, uh, Synopsis, if you will, on Rutgers.
1: Yeah. Now, give me Wisconsin's. Wisconsin's is all right. You got a freshman quarterback who I think we both like. Home. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. But it's still a freshman. Graham Mertz
2: is a freshman. Absolutely.
1: Michigan. Where's that game? That's at home. Okay. Michigan State at home. Mm-hmm. At Ohio State. Oh my God. That's not fair. And that's coupled with road games, at Nebraska, at Minnesota and their cross or in their uh, inside inside the West ones. There. That's why I'm not going there. I'm still Northwestern. Mm-hmm. That's where I've been now so ever since after spring practice. I'm staying with the Wildcats. And, and Phil still has them fifth. I think the run game's going to be a lot better than it was a year ago. Well, and don't forget when
2: they finally found that kid, Bowser. the uh, Bowser, yes. um, who's a beast. Yes. When he finally got inserted as, as a true freshman last year, he really did some damage. They can finally throw. They might might mm-hmm. have a better quarterback. Well, you say might, and I, you know, on, on first, hang on a second. This kid was recruited by Clemson. Mm-hmm. He's got to have some ability. Clay Thorson's in the NFL.
1: Yeah, he was a good player. Yes, he, he was. was a four star himself. Uh huh. Hunter Johnson was a five star. Mm-hmm. Went to Clemson. Mm-hmm. He sat out this season. Could be better, probably not. But remember, Thorson was also coming off a big injury last year. Yeah, and he got hurt in Nashville in the Music City Bowl, and he was pretty limited there, uh-huh. at least early. I am Northwestern is still my pick at the top. You can make a compelling Still's argument. I think them for
2: Iowa fifth, and I like Minnesota as the dark horse. Yeah, he's got them fourth. I like the Gophers. Uh huh. I... So young last year, Trent yes. found a way to a bowl. Won the Axe. That was great theater. wise oh, yeah. watching and that one, dominating. Yes, they killed him. Killed him. Oh, my God. We've got Phil Steele in front of us. We're talking college football. It's the 17th of June, and here we go. Andrew
0: Logan's next. It's Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460K. 1460 KXNO. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more from 1460 KXNO.
2: Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Dylan Mons on Iowa State in 15 minutes. Dylan, of course, writes for the Ames Tribune. and a good piece over the weekend. I want to say Sunday's paper... Uh, 10 most important Cyclone football players for the upcoming season. We'll do that with him and maybe a couple of the nuggets from Phil Steele. Uh, that's uh, in about 15 minutes, Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune. Let's get Andrew Logan in here. Uh, formerly the Des Moines Register, wrote a media column, one of his responsibilities toward his the end of his time there. And really good baseball mind, and we'll pick it uh, as well in this segment. Uh, Andrew, Trenton, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Andrew Logue. How are
3: you? Good, good. Uh, spent the weekend with a lot of radio going as we did some paint around the house. Nice. I think I kept up with most of the sports over the weekend, but it was all via radio. Baseball on the radio? Were you listening to play-by-play? A little bit, a little bit. Uh, I can tell you this. uh <laughs> Denny Matthews not thrilled with the state of the Royals at this moment. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, a
2: lot of people feel that way. He's not alone. (laughs) Hey, uh, you know, I want to.
3: I want to start with you. uh, Just
2: a couple of media things. I found it so refreshing because you know it's a um, it's a no no for you know to networks talent to. You know, to cross over. And, and where I'm going is um, CBS, A, allowing Jim Nance to be part of Fox's uh, Fox broadcast on Saturday. Not for the entire thing, but, you know, for yeah. a segment, 15 minutes or thereabouts. But Fox actually a- extending that invitation. Nance lives at Pebble Beach. He is, as Joe Buck said, the face of golf broadcasters, and I agree with him. Um, yeah. But it, it's just something you never see. I wish we'd see more. I'm not saying that if CBS has the Super Bowl and Troy Aikman happens to be in the building, that he slides in beside Romo, but maybe maybe that would be maybe that would be a good thing. I found that refreshing, Andrew. How about you?
3: I thought it was good. I thought so. I'm getting the, the recaps. I thought the Friday was it when uh, uh, Buck kind of he, he said something like, "Come on, Jim, come join it." That was a little weird. To yeah. See. Um. But then the next day, I thought you're right. And of course, Jim Nance just pulled it off wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of what he actually talked about, as far as. Uh, you know the history of the course and the person who designed it, and the then you find out he named it named his daughter after the guy. Yes. So he clearly has a lifelong love affair with the course. It was kind of cool because it was Jim Nance. How that you could get you know Jason Witten's now back to being a tight end, but you could get that and it wouldn't work at all. But because it was Jim Nance, it was kind of cool.
1: That it was. Uh, you had that component to it. No media in general. We talked about this a little bit at the top. These kind of crossovers, I mentioned it's great to see Dick Vitale be able to call an NCAA tournament game. I know he did way back in the 80s, but in its current structure, just what he has done. Is there a guy that you can think of, uh, A somebody that is pigeonholed because of what the broadcast rights may be, that you'd like to see get a shot in whatever sport it is, do that kind of crossover?
3: Well, the the obvious that comes to mind is Gus Johnson. I mean, I gosh, I'd love to see him on several different events. Uh, you know, and then you throw out maybe a Marv Albert different situation. But those are the two. Gus Johnson jumps out immediately because I think he is absolute. When you use the term pigeonhole, that's what brought him to mind. It's funny. I'm kind of a, a nerd with sports, so I'll watch something weird like a 1971 World Series game. You know, they used to have the play by play guy of the particular team sit next to Kirk Gowdy. Really? And, you know, Oh, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was watching Reds A's last week from, uh, I think, 71, <laughs> 72. Yep. And it he was would, he would, Kurt Gallery would be there, and he'd go, Here's so and so. And he's the Reds play by play guy. And he'd work four innings, and then they'd bring in the Oakland A's play by play guy. And I was like, That was kind of cool, actually. And they used to do that, I guess, back in 70. At least they did in the 72 World Series I was watching last week. So, anyway, the point is. It would be cool to have more of a fluidity, and actually, you mentioned that Dick Vitale. I mean, how cool would it be? Mm -hmm. Not that I'm the biggest Dickie V fan, but he is kind of a voice of a generation for college basketball.
2: He's earned it, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you.
3: Yeah, he's earned it. He's earned it.
2: Uh Andrew Logas, our guest. The other thing from the broadcast, uh, media wise, and then we'll get into baseball with you. I want to pick your brain on Joe Maurer. Is he or isn't he a Hall of Famer? Boy, he's gonna be one of those, I think, real interesting cases, but that in a second. I thought Joel Clatt, who is a football guy as we know, uh, and obviously there's a lot there's there's more depth in, in Joel Clatt than maybe some of us thought. I thought he was terrific. Uh, having Getting a guy like, for instance, Brooks Kepka to open up and really show some personality. Point is, Andrew, these guys were comfortable around Joe Klatt. Not a, not a golf guy as we know, but he was prepared. And I think that the tournament players, they appreciated that, that he just wasn't, you know, uh, injected into the broadcast because they couldn't find anybody else to do it. He wanted to be there. He was prepared. And boy, Obey, getting these guys to open up. I saw a side of Brooks Kepka that we hadn't seen before. This is maybe the next face of golf, uh, and we need to see more from Brooks Kepke At least that's what I felt, and I thought Joel Klatt brought that uh, out of him amongst others.
3: So I saw clips of that on, again on a daily recap. You know, the thing about Joel Klatt, former Colorado quarterback, and maybe this is an odd comparison, but, you know, Pat Summerall was like that. People forgot he was actually an NFL kicker and mm-hmm. lineman briefly. Um, And Joel Klatt, I think, can relate on an athletic level. You know what I mean? I think he can relate because he was. He experienced success and failure as an athlete. Maybe that gives him a – and it's like, you know, we all talk about sideline reporters and people, and they ask dumb questions or, you know, like after the NBA finals and they're already asking about a lot of uh, Kawhi Leonard about free agency and stuff, and I think maybe Klatt just gets it. There's just something about having been there – even in a different sporting arena that that, uh, that makes him a good interview. Uh, Joe Clatt great in college football, obviously. And I actually got to talk with him a couple times back in the day. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's a Pat Summerall who, by the way, Pat Summerall great for tennis and golf back in his time too. Um, maybe that doesn't, maybe it just gives him a, a sort of a, a reliability for the athlete. And that, that only enhances the broadcast, but it also shows you Joe Klatt may, uh, we may be stretching beyond what we see just with yep. uh, seeing him a lot of Big 12 football. We may be seeing him cover bigger events in the future.
1: Andrew, let's jump into a little bit of baseball. You mentioned you heard it over the weekend with your Royals. Things not going very well. Against my Twins, things are going well. As uh, I brought mm-hmm. you on today, you mentioned it's cruise control, seemingly for here on out with the 10-game lead for this Twins team. But you look at the American League, the heavy hitters that are there with the Yankees, mm-hmm. with the Astros. What still has to happen to your mind for this Twins Team to be a true contender to get to a World Series?
3: Well, I'm going to say bullpen, probably. And even the Royals kind of exploited that a little bit yesterday. Yeah. Uh, in a tight game, they managed to eke out enough insurance runs. That would be the one thing. And I think that's always been the thing. i said this before. The Twins of the 2000s were like the Chiefs of the 90s. Really good mm. teams that really didn't come that close to making a World Series, just like the Chiefs never really came that close to going to a Super Bowl. And I think it's going to be bullpen. It gets hard to hit in the postseason. It's it's tighter, it's pressure. And and any team, I don't care who you, you saw the little with the Red Sox at times last year. You know, it's easier to hit home runs in July than it is October. And I think it does come down I mean, ask Detroit Tiger fans how important a bullpen is. You know. So I, I think that would it, that would be the first thing. And you know, what are they on pace for? About three hundred and seventeen home runs now? It's something, crazy. Something like that. It is. They can bludgeon the ball. But they're going, to, they're going to have to find ways to scratch out and eke out runs, probably, just like every other team in October.
2: Mm. You know, when it comes right down to the American League, then it we'll get to Joe Maurer in a second, but boy, the Yankees picking up Edward Encarnacion. Like, this team needed more power, right? My good God. Your twins hit a ton of home runs, Trent. Uh, but Ed Encarnacion, if, they, if the Yankees pitching and if they can stay healthy, but it certainly seems like, uh, what have they got now, 27 World Championships, I think, that they're going to yeah, find yeah. room for another one at Yankee Stadium. Astros aren't going anywhere. They're going to be a tough out as well. But, boy, this Yankee team, they they continue to add pieces to what is already a pretty good lineup.
3: Yeah, they do. I hate their ballpark. That's the thing. I mean, I'm not laughing. You go to a high school game, you see a bigger ballpark. What is it, 308?
2: Down the right field line, yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's. I hate that. I hate that about a lot of American League East ballparks. Credit to your Blue Jays. I think they actually play in a decent-sized
4: park. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: but most, but the Baltimore—they're all small. Yeah, the Yankees—they're loaded. And here's the thing, too. And Trent and I talked a little off-air. You're playing for seeding now, and it's like the NCAA tournament. That regular season doesn't matter as much once you start the playoffs because it's a Madison Baumgartner getting hot, or or something like that. There's a volatility to it. And it's who gets hot. So yeah, the Yankees. You just you want to make the Yankees uh, maybe come through a wild card round or something because I don't think you want to meet them in Yankee Stadium. And it's a little bit more of a crapshoot than the NBA playoffs, are more like hockey. You know, yeah. Any team get hot and anything can happen uh, once you get in the. the you know the the Major League Baseball playoffs. The hundred wins doesn't mean much once you once you cut it in the postseason.
2: All right, let's get to Joe Mauer. They retired his number. They the Twins retired his number. Number seven will never be worn again. Mm-hmm. It uh, uh, the plaque is up at uh, at Target Field, and rightly so. He's the first overall pick. Mark Pryor went number two in that same draft. Uh, no one could answer the trivia question who went three. I certainly couldn't. But it was no. at, at the top. It was Mauer. Then it was Pryor. You know, when you think to the American League in his era, there would be Pudge Rodriguez, who was in Texas, I want to say, at the time and he was seen as one of the best in the game. Mauer's numbers, he won, what, three batting crowns? Trent, I want to say three batting crowns, Mm -hmm. multi-time all-star. He's going to be one of these guys. I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I think he's going to get in very quickly after that. I could see him, you know, first go around, maybe 56, high 50s, creep into the upper 60s, and then finally get over that threshold. How do you see Joe Mauer's Hall of Fame chances? Is he in your mind?
3: I think he summed it up pretty good. I'll tell you, I got another name for you that, that could make you, a twin fans a little nervous. And that's Benito Santiago. Mm-hmm. A guy who didn't get much respect at all. Had a little longer career than Mauer. Played a long time, uh, yep. Yeah, played a long... I, listen, I I think the one catcher that's a shoe-in right now is Buster Posey, and it's because he's got three rings. Mm-hmm. I think Mauer has a chance... And Yachty Molina. Uh, Wouldn't you say Molina as oh, well? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. He's got a ring. But I... The point being, I think championships will speak. I think that's the Trump card when those guys get in the room mm-hmm. and vote. Maurer, let's be on a flyover country. Yep. I mean, I think he got after his uh, great seasons in the 2000s and early part of this decade, it kind of tell what his last five years, he was a first baseman DH, right? right. Yep. You know, and I think that'll play a role. It just struck me that Benito Santiago didn't get any hardly love from Hall of Fame. Now I will say this, the analytics helped Joe Meyer. I think he's about a fifty five wins above replacement for people who are following that or who are into that. And Santiago is not that Santiago's in the twenties. So clearly the analytics are Mauer. But I think you're right, he's not first ballot and I think there might be some some nervous time. I think Maurer deserves it in I'll say this, if Maurer played in the East Coast, I think he'd, mm. we'd be a lot more. I think if he's a Red Sox or Yankee, I think we think he's a shoe-in.
2: Excellent point. Yeah, excellent point. Passado be on that list coming up as well, speaking of guys that played in yeah. that East Coast and those big markets. Andrew, great talking baseball with you. Out of time we'll have to save the National League for another day, but uh, a fascinating conversation, as always, with you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Andrew Logue, good guy, one of the good guys in the business, uh, formerly of the Des Moines Register. Are you... I, I'm probably
1: a little too close to yeah, the situation. Right. That that run, though, from 4 to 13 before the concussion and mm-hmm. the move from behind the plate, defensively, he was as good as you're going to find. Mm-hmm. He hit in a level that we've never seen a catcher hit before. Right. Uh, the one power Three batting and crowns. bad an MVP season. Yep. But, uh, Six-time All-Star. Never advanced in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, that was Andrew's point. It's, um, does, I mean, does
1: that play a role, especially mm-hmm. that that catcher, that captain-like
2: figure that there is. See, I see upper 50s to upper 60s to induction into the Hall of Fame. A couple years down the yeah, line. Yeah, I don't think he'll get in first ballot. I don't think he should. First ballot should be reserved for, you know,
1: Who else race. will be
2: on that I don't list, know his you know? year. That's a fair point. You'd
1: have to kind yeah. of look at that, too, and who else is going to be at that point. He'll get there. Yep, eventually. But... Probably a couple years down the road.
2: Uh, Dylan Montz, a couple of minutes away. We will talk Iowa State with Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com, where you can read Dylan, Travis Hines, the entire paper. Iowa State uh, in the spotlight next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.
0: Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
2: Hi, right, and Condon. Welcome back. to Moines Sports Station 1460 KX and Final segment of the program. I think 10 weeks from today, mm-hmm. Dylan Montz and the remainder of the Iowa State media uh, contingent will be sequestered at Matt Campbell's press conference. Oh, really? You get, you're already <laughs> mapping all this out. I think so. Now, did they, or did they move to Tuesday? Dylan, is, is Campbell's presser on Monday or Tuesday still?
4: Uh, he'll do the Big 12 teleconference on Monday and have his in-house presser on Tuesday. Uh, from what I've gathered,
2: so ten weeks and one day from now, Trent Condon. Uh-huh. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Dylan. It'll, it, the point being, it's seventy-one it's, days. It's it's coming quickly. Um, seventy-one days. There, there you go. So uh, your your piece in the uh, Ames Tribune this weekend, I, I found that uh, I thought it was a great read, and you know what? Um, you and I. You have some guys on that list. And the list I'm talking about is uh, Dylan at Ames Trib this weekend, the 10 most important Cyclones for 2019. No surprise right at the top of that list is the QB, because if you don't have a QB, you don't have a chance. And Iowa State's got a good one uh, in the sophomore Brock Purdy. But some guys on the list, uh, Tariq Milton, number three, Nwongo. You forget about his importance uh, in that running game. Eyesworth, I would have had him a little bit higher Uh, my guy Kohler didn't even make your list for crying out loud. Uh, Fun exercise, though, Dylan, and gets people talking, which is what it's supposed to accomplish, right?
4: Yeah, absolutely, and when I was putting it together, I wanted to kind of keep it, um, uh, you know, you can go with a million names. Uh, Charlie Kohler could have just as easily been on it. um, You can go on down the line. I don't think I had Marcel Spears on there either, but, uh, I wanted to keep it to guys that had played last year, so I didn't put on, um, you know, Breeze Hall or Jairo Brock or mm-hmm. any of the newcomers that I think could make a really big impact as well. But, yeah, I, it was it was kind of tough. I, I tried to go through and, and rank them, but I, I put Brock Purdy at number one and Ray Lima at number two because I think both of those guys are going to be the keys to how well each side of the ball does. So Brock Purdy's, I, I think, pretty obvious just with, um, some of the inconsistencies that have been at quarterback in the past and some of the turnover, whether it's been, um, you know, due to graduation, due to, you know, guys struggling or injury, uh, obviously last year. So uh, that's the key there. And then Ray Lemer, I think, has been kind of the engine that's made the, the defense go the last few years, even though um, he doesn't necessarily put up the stats maybe that, um, you know, he, he could. I think it's his. Uh, production and his presence is, is just invaluable for
2: that group. So. I, I couldn't agree yeah. with you more. Uh, especially, and it's interesting you mentioned that that you you stayed away from the newcomers and both of the two newcomers you to, um, Brock and Hall. Uh, both of the first two names out of your mouth, of course, two running back. I think I get the sense from you, Dylan, and you know, listening to uh, us uh, or thinking back rather to our conversations over spring football. I think you get the sense that both of these freshman running backs got a chance to to see appreciable playing time uh, this year. That's kind of how you feel, I, I take it.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think early on, uh, Kenei Nwongu and Sheldon Crony will be your guys that are, are leaned on a little bit more just as the the new guys kind of get their feet wet a little bit. But I think Brees Hall really helped out by the fact that he was here and for spring practice and in the winter workouts and then um Jirel Brock actually came in a few weeks early I, I spotted him at at camp um you know a couple weeks ago when I was up in Ames so I think those guys spend a lot of time together. I think having Breezed here like I said was big because you can kind of help uh, Jirel jump into it a little bit quicker and get ready for the summer conditioning and then you get into fall camp and, and, and really kind of hit the ground running. But I think those guys will be pretty integral to what they'll end up doing offensively and um, you know there are a lot of other pieces kind of up and down the offense. When you talk about the tight ends and wide receivers, that'll play big parts. But they'll need a strong running game, and, and that kind of comes back to the offensive line too. So there's just a lot of moving parts still, but uh, you can kind of start to see it maybe take shape here.
1: You know the Iowa State defense has a chance to be maybe the best that we've ever seen this season, and a big part of that is the number two guy on your list. You talked about Ray Lima. You know he's got help on both sides, and that's going to help out certainly with Bailey and Wazirike, but. If he would go down, he has an injury, something goes wrong, who does back him up? Who would be the guy to play that? Because in that three-three-five kind of hybrid that they have, you have to have the importance of it as having that guy that can really patrol the middle. Who would be next on the list if Lima would be injured now for a couple of weeks?
4: The guy they'd slot in first would be Jamal Johnson, who's a fourth-year senior. Um, he played as a true freshman so he, he's he's had a ton of experience and uh, kind of dipped a little bit as a sophomore didn't see as much time but really the last last year um, really kind of came on strong and and was a big presence in there and a good third down guy to come in and stop the run and and really kind of create some havoc there and then uh, after him I think Isaiah Lee is another guy to, to look for he um, played a little bit last year um, was was had some key plays in that West Virginia game when Ray Liem was actually out with that concussion. So I think those are probably the two guys they t- turn to first. And then you can kind of go down the line uh, like a Joshua Bailey, who's Jaquan's twin brother, um, you know, guys like that to look out for. But I think um, they kind of lean on some of that that experience that Jamal Johnson has. And, um, you know, Ray Liem is a starter for a reason, but I mm-hmm. think they really like kind of some of the depth they've got there.
2: Uh, Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune is our guest. Dylan, of course, the, the cornerback, uh, the secondary. I guess that's the question marks of the defense, and I don't think that, uh, it's it's not sure they suffered two really big losses. Don't get me wrong. Payne and Peavy were both great cyclones. Both had very productive careers. Uh, daytron Young, you've got him. Anthony Johnson. Eisworth is back. Kind of, you know, the quarterback, if you will, of that secondary. I think they're in fine hands there. But I guess that would be the question mark, right? Just because Payne and Peavy played such important roles over the last few seasons, and now they're no longer there.
4: Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the one big thing people have talked about. Um, you know, but thinking back to spring ball is uh, what are you gonna do with the secondary? Uh, having great guys worth back is obviously really big. Braxton Lewis coming back yep. um he can kind of fill in wherever you need him, use that utility guy that they've used in the last couple of years. Um, and then you have Daytron Young and Anthony Johnson jr who uh, both started games. Um, you know daytron Young was uh, a little bit earlier on but then was injured against Kansas and then Anthony Johnson started um, the the last few games of the last year but I think having Justin Bickham, the Rice graduate transfer, is big, too. Um, you're just kind of looking for a guy that can come in and maybe bridge the gap a little bit while you try to sort out some of those safety spots and, and then maybe able to give a little bit of relief to um, Daytron Young and Anthony Johnson the corner because after those guys, it's, it's a little bit of an um, adventure, I guess, trying to find some depth. I know you have Deontay Jones, who's Deontay Jones' brother, um, back there, Arnold Azuna has kind of moved between corner and safety in the past, so it's just trying to find guys. And you know, as much def- as much depth as the the defensive line has, they're trying to find something similar in the back end. So uh, as guys always emerge when you get to preseason camp, but as of now, they're kind of still trying to feel out maybe where they're at. But I, I know they really like those those two young kids at corner.
1: So last week we found out uh, another sports book had l- released their college football over under win totals, and Iowa State's was at eight. We'd seen some seven and a halfs, which makes it easier with that half number. But at eight, you have to take over the either the over or the under. No pushes allowed here. I'm giving you a hundred bucks, Dylan Montz. Where are you going? Over under eight victories for Iowa State this football season.
4: Oh man, yeah, yeah, I was hoping you were going to give me the easy way out. And, you know, <laughs> but, um, I think, um, I'll go over and I'll say that the non-conference schedule is going to be the key. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it in the past with, um, you know, the, the games you and I and Louisiana Monroe are, um, you know, are what they are. But that Iowa game, I think could really be kind mm-hmm. of a swing as yep. to what, what the future looks like. Uh, getting mad, starting 3-0. Um, then you have some tough games. You go Q Baylor. Um, you have TCU at home. you have Oklahoma State kind of in the middle you have Texas Tech uh, West Virginia road swing back to back weeks that that'll be pretty big. but I think um, if they can get off to a good start, I think they'll be obviously you know well on their way to, to doing that. so I, I take the over as of now and, um, I'm going to say I reserve the right to change my mind once I see how
2: the first couple of games go. Absolutely, Yeah, it's tough. I think eight is actually the right number, but we both want right. a you know, a seven and a half or an eight and a half would have made our decisions. Uh, I, I think somewhat easier. Uh, Mike Rose, fascinating freshman campaign out of him. What are you hearing about him? Is he taking? You know, he's no longer that uh, that wide-eyed kid that you know just trying to find a spot as a as an incoming freshman. He's got his teammates respect. At this point, what about a leadership role out of Mike Rose? Is that is that something that Campbell is is counting on or looking forward to? That you know that progress from that freshman to now you're a sophomore. You've been in this uh, in the program for over a year. What about the leadership out of him? Is that is he that type of guy, Dylan?
4: Yeah, I've gotten that sense, and when I've talked to him, and uh, he's, he's kind of cut from the Brock Purdy cloth a little bit, where he's. Uh, you know, he recognizes, okay, you know, I've, I've had a good year, I've done well, but, um, you know, nothing's guaranteed. So he's he's come in and, and said the right things, at least to the, the media contingents, and, um, you know, really kind of uh, trying to shoulder some of that with, you know, Willie Harvey moving on. They lost a big leader in that room, but Marcel Spears back is, is going to be big, but Mike Rose really kind of started to. To talk about things in big pictures like that, and, and be a guy that um, you know other younger players can look to, or guys that maybe don't have as much experience. Because we've talked about the back end and and how they're still trying to find their way. Having a solid front seven uh, is going to be ultra important, and Mike Rose being in the heart of that is is you know obviously a crucial spot. So I think he's recognized that and and really kind of started to to take on that role. I know he gained some weight this offseason, good weight. And, um, and and is really kind of uh, try to tweak and, and overhaul and look at some of his and critique his own game. So it'll be interesting to see what kinds of changes or, or growth he's made when, when he gets to fall, but um, he said all the right things so far.
1: Well, we know basketball-wise, uh, your boss over there at the Ames Tribune takes a lot of it, and he gets to take the fun trips a lot of times. He making a trip to West Des Moines, short trip over, watching any basketball this summer. I see Trey Jackson, he put a 47, let the freshman hype begin.
4: Hmm. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't get over to the first night. Um, I, I might try to get over and watch some of the new guys though, because there's going to be so many. Um, but yeah, since I'm right down here, it's, there's no excuse not to get over with how, how close it is. So uh, yeah, I was seeing some of the numbers, and, and pretty impressive for, for guys that are still kind of getting their feet wet. Even though you can talk about it being summer league, but um, if you can score, you can score. So uh, be interested in see how those guys handle this these next few weeks and months.
2: Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com. Great piece by Dylan Mons for your Cyclone fans that are starving for some, you know, get closer to, uh, to kick off 10 most important cyclones 2019. It was in yesterday's Ames Trib paper. It's online, AmesTrib.com. Dylan, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Sounds good, guys. Thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Dylan Monts from the Ames Tribune. All right, Trent Condon, uh, Mm -hmm. no Cubs tonight? No. It's all about your Twinkies and the Red Sox, I think. Red Sox playing well, looking like the Red Sox again.
1: Five straight victories for the Bo Sox as they come in.
2: Uh, Pitching matchups. Let me see. Do I have those? Yes, I do. Burrios tonight against Porcello. Mm -hmm. Advantage Twins. Advantage Twins. Uh, Panada Price. Panada Price. Yeah, take David Price certainly there. Gibson Rodriguez in the finale. I think Kyle Gibson. Do you like them to win two out of three in this set? I don't. Because yeah. <laughs> it it's the Red Sox, It's the huh? Red Sox, yeah. yes. Hey, by the way, we had a 4-0 Claxons winner. I, we haven't had too many guys sweep the board. And right. Who was it? Corey?
1: Yes, Corey DeWitt, our winner from last Friday. He picks up $35 wow. to Claxons and a perfect card. 4-0. He yeah, had the no. Will Fowler stay within four and a half shots? Mm-hmm. He had Ottawa, an outright... Outright winner. Outright winner. They got eight
2: and a half, and they won by 14, 12 or 14. He was
1: smart, didn't take Baltimore to win a game against those Red Sox. That was, that
2: was a layup, and the Ricky Fowler within four and a half. And Javi, no home run this weekend. Oh, uh, yeah, he didn't. Boy, he came up in a big spot ninth inning yesterday, runners on yeah. second and third. I thought, here we go. He's had a quiet weekend. Cubs had a quiet road trip, but silver lining, you Darvish.
1: Yeah, take that away. Uh huh. Brewer's still only a game up. Mm-hmm. They haven't done too much Brewers tonight late that are in San Diego. So. Are they? A little late night viewing. Something you know, that's to finish not bad. off the evening. Always like that. And listen to my man, Brian Anderson.
2: No, he's terrific. No yes, doubt about that. Uh, Cubs White Sox. Uh, that series begins tomorrow. Two
1: gamer, though, right?
2: It is. But Wednesday, Lester V. Gilito. Ooh. How about that one?
1: The old guard against the new Ace guard. Ace v.
2: Ace. The Battle of the Windy City at Wrigley Field. Boy, Chicago's supposed to just have an abysmal weather week. Oh, I'm nervous. Are? Yeah, nervous. Because oh, this, yeah. this concert goes rain or shine according to the tickets.
1: There is uh, no roof at Soldier Field. No, I'm aware of that.
2: <laughs> so um, we're heading poncho shopping.
1: ha <laughs> Getting all set up and... Mm. Oh, well. Oh, well. You'll persevere, right?
2: Yes, absolutely. All right, so we're going to be back tomorrow. We're going to do a lot on the the OTAs are over. All these uh, teams offseason, the NFL's off seasons, are in the rearview mirror. We're also going to do some NBA draft talk. Our buddy Chris Montar, who covers the draft uh, and has for decades, is going to join us. We'll do the locals, their prospects, although Horton Tucker seems to be slipping. Now I'm seeing him in the second round. Yeah. Not a lot of love for Wigginton. Cook, probably not. Of course, Cam Lard, no shot. Um, this turnaround is so quick. It is. NHL drafts are is this weekend, too. They're both of them. Seasons ends last week, it's draft week the very following week. All right, so we'll do Vikings, Bears. And Chiefs tomorrow, as well as NBA Draft Talk. Murph and Andy at 2. The Fanatics come your way at 4. Tuesday morning at 6. We'll start this all again with the Morning Rush on your radio at 6. We're Miller and Condon. Thanks for being with us. On Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.